listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I feel like I could just uh, keep telling Spain stories uh, all day, but... um, but I got to preach, so <laughs> just kidding, um, man. Um, so I want to do a test. I was going to play the song, but since the computer doesn't have audio this time, uh, uh, this message, we'll, we'll, we'll try it a little differently. Um, so are there any rock music fans out there? Cla- classic rock music, particularly? Okay, okay, so I want to try this. Are you ready? So I'm going to say something, and then I want you to respond immediately with what comes into your mind, rock music fans, okay? Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay. Who are you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Ready? Who's got it? All right. Who are you? There we go, there we go, there we go. All right, everybody together. If you don't know, when I go like this, you go, who, who, who. Not like that. Whoa. Wow. Puberty, finally. Um, I'm going to get in trouble for saying that later. Sorry about that. Um, but when I go like this, you, you say, who, 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 who. Okay, ready? Who are you? That was very polite. One more time, and we're going to do it rowdy this time, okay? All right, ready? Who are you? All right, there we go. It's a profound question, right? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you, Mission Church? Who are you? Because if you're here today, that makes you family, we, we are not just a church, we are a family, and whether you've been here for 40 uh, days, 40 weeks, 40 Sundays, or today is your very first day when you walk through the doors, your family. So who are you, Mission Church? Family, that's right, yes, but that's not the answer I'm looking for. <laughs> See, the thing is, is uh, over the next few weeks, we're going to dive into a teaching series asking the question, who are you? And, uh, and, I, and I thought about calling it, who are we, right? That, that makes a little bit more sense, but it's really that I'm posing the question to you. Who are you? Because the Mission Church isn't me. It's not Ricardo. It's not built around Tim as the worship leader. It's built around you, us, the collective us as a family. Um, And so here's the deal is uh, every year we set aside a couple of weeks to dive into this question, who is the Mission Church? Who is the Mission Redlands? And uh, so we'll be covering the essential pieces of the kind of faith community God has particularly called us to be over the next few weeks. And in the weeks ahead, we'll be talking about key phrases like, like we use all the time. You've probably heard them a million times. Like, um, we're not just a church, we're a 
family, right? We are a multicultural, multi-generational church. That's another key piece to who we believe we are. We're, we're not just a, you know, a suited to hipster church, or we're not just a suited to uh, baby boomers. We are a multicultural, multi-generational church. And um, so that's another key piece we'll be going over. And finally, we, we'll be going over the piece we want to connect with the community, grow in faith, and serve Jesus. That is our discipleship-making process. That's, that's what we want to do as a mission church. And so we'll be covering those, but those aren't what we're talking about today. And before we dive into all of that, have you ever been asked to do something that when you were asked to do it, it sounded absolutely crazy? Like nuts. Like, what are you even talking about? Anyone? Nobody? Nobody's been asked to do anything crazy in their whole life. Yes, yes. I know you're old, so you, like, <laughs> you, you have definitely been asked to do yes. things crazy. Uh, I used to work for a nonprofit, and it was a drug prevention nonprofit um, uh, that worked with teenagers trying to steer them into positive choice making and away from drugs. And, um, and we would put on a lot of conferences for high schoolers uh, over the years. And I remember one time I came to work, and they said, hey, Jason, we have a new game that we want to play at the conference next week, but we need you to go buy some supplies for this game. And I was thinking, like, immediately, I was just like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. Because I was low man on the totem pole at that time, and I had experienced this before. So I just, like, began to brace myself, like, this is going to be terrible. And um, they, they came up with this game specifically to make me buy weird stuff. And... Um, <laughs> And they, and they said, okay, so here's, your, here's the deal. We need you to go buy 3,000 Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. <laughs> true story. True story. We need you to go find 3,000 Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies. And I just like, that was like worse than anything I could think of. I just like stood there stunned. And after a while, I regained consciousness and I decided to, uh, to get to work, right? Because part of accomplishing impossible tasks is deciding just to do it, right? And so uh, after a while, I, I grabbed a 15-passenger van and was off into town and I ransacked every Target, Walmart, Sam's Club, grocery store, gas station, anywhere that I thought would have those Little Debbie oatmeal cream pies, I, I, I bought them out. It was like the absurdity of this job was like just so dumb. Like it was just dumb that I had to laugh, but, but, but I laughed at first, but then people came up to me and would make the same joke in the store, like everywhere I went, like, wow, you must really like oatmeal cream pies. Right? Everywhere I went, I got that same joke, and then it got less and less funny, right? And, and after the 10th time, I just stopped explaining. It was just like, yeah, I really do. I, I, love, I love them. They're great. And, um, and then uh, <laughs> they would get this look of concern on their face, like, son, I think you have a problem, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, uh, if it, 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 it honestly, I mean, truth be told, it took me a full eight-hour day 
to come up with 3,000 oatmeal cream pies. I emptied every shelf at every store I could find to hit the 3,000 mark. And uh, then I had to unload them all from the van and take them up to the third floor, right? So the other people in the building didn't know what to think when the elevator doors would open and the oatmeal cream pies would be like spilling out. Um, it was just a ludicrous job. It was just like, is this, my, is this really where I'm at in life? Like, like and I remember feeling a few times like, man, I am never going to hit that mark. You know, it, it, like it may not sound like, like they come in like 12 box, right? So it's like, do, you, you do the math, professor. Like, I don't know. Um, but like, I don't know. It took forever, and it just felt like it was impossible and that it was completely crazy to ask a mere mortal to pull this off, right? Like, and, and you, it, have you been there? Like, have you, have you, uh, that's a really particular situation, so you probably haven't been there, but have you been somewhere like that where, where thing, the thing you have been asked to do sounds just completely nuts, completely impossible, but you, you have to just give it your best shot anyways. Does that resonate with anybody? Has anybody been there? And uh, I feel like this kind of task is what believers in Jesus are called to do day in and day out. In, in John 15, 12 through 13, it says this. Jesus very clearly states this. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Love one another as I have loved you. If we truly think about what Jesus is saying there and how he loved the people he encountered, the same overwhelming feeling would, would probably begin to stir within us, right? Uh, because Jesus' love is radical, right? It, it, it's radical. Uh, viewed through a socially acceptable lens, it's completely ludicrous, the love of Jesus, right? And, and, and Jesus hung out with drunks and thieves and prostitutes, and he engaged with people who were diseased and wildly contagious. Jesus rejected the self-righteous culture of the uber-religious, that culture that they had created for themselves, and he ushered in a love for the dismissed and the unloved people around him. And Jesus didn't just treat those people with dignity and love. He loved them so much that he laid down his life for them. I'm one of those people. And you are too. And God loved us so much that he sent Jesus from heaven to earth to do this for us. That's radical love. That is radical love. And that is his, his crazy, that is this crazy, ludicrous, ridiculous sounding task that Jesus followers are called to, is to, is to love people with God's radical love, the way that Jesus loved us, right? 
To love others as Jesus loved us. To live out the radical love of God. This is the first piece of our identity as a church that we will be uh, discussing today. This phrase that, that, that we're going to discuss, we, you may have heard it before, we are a growing community living out God's radical love. This is our mission. This is our identity. This is who we are, Mission Church. The Lord gave our leadership team this phrase when our church was in desperate need of redefining our identity. And uh, every single word in the phrase is strategic. And so we're going to break down that phrase piece by piece today. But the template for it comes out of Acts 2. 42. So go ahead and turn there, uh, if you would. Before we begin to read the Holy Scriptures, I just want to take a moment and just pray. Father God, I, I, I just invite your Holy Spirit here. I pray that you would speak, Lord. Uh, it's not my power, my words, Lord. I'm, I'm not articulate, Father I give you my broken mind and my broken uh, mouth, Father, and I just ask you to use it as you see fit, Lord. I pray that this message of who we are would sink deep into our souls and we would begin to live it out. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Acts 2, 42 through 47. This is the template for our phrase. And uh, so this is uh, Jesus has been resurrected. He, he taught the disciples for, for 40 days and then returned to heaven. And then uh, the disciples received the Holy Spirit and uh, many came to belief through the, through the coming of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. And then the, this, this little section of scripture, what is it, five verses, um, is a beautiful description of what the community of believers looked like the first church. Um, and so verse 42 starts out like this, and it's just a description of the early church, the first early church. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. It's the template. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. I want to take that first section, a growing community. Um, growing isn't just about numbers. I want to put that out there. Lots of people think numbers in a church are a really good metric of health. I don't believe that. 
one of the things I am most proud of of our church is the hard-fought health that we have right now in, in, in our spiritual growth and spiritual health. But that growing not only refers to numbers, but it, it, it's about spiritual health and depth. We are a growing community. We are growing deeper and deeper in relationship with each other and with God. Um, uh, they devoted themselves to the fellowship. This word fellowship is a Greek word, koinonia, a Greek word meaning uh, partnership and sharing in, sharing in. That's koinonia. Uh, they devoted themselves to, to the teachings of Jesus through the apostles. This would have been the teachings through the gospels and the teachings that Jesus taught them on the 40 days after he resurrected. This is, this is what the fellowship begins to take shape as, this koinonia, it's sharing together. Uh, they broke bread together. This would mean communion, but also just dinners. And that's one of my favorite things about being a Christian is that we're called to eat together. And I love, I, I love to eat together right? I, that's like one of my favorite things is to, is to get with people and sit down to a meal because that's when the real stuff happens, right? That's why grow groups are so important. And, and, and that meal that takes place in a lot of the grow groups, that's not just a meal. That's the time for someone to let their hair down to get to the real stuff of life, right? Sunday morning, you can come twice a month and still feel lost, you come to a grow group a few weeks in a row and you will feel like you have family. Am I lying? That's right. So it's not just communion, although that is part of, of the breaking of bread. It is just group dinners, breaking bread together, right? And, and, and they devoted themselves to praying, praying together. And I love this. I love what it says happens once they begin to do to shape their community in this way. And awe came upon every soul. Awe can take many shapes. Do you know that? Awe can take all kinds of shapes. Awe can be like, woo, Ricardo got the new job he's been praying for all along. Oh, like, thank you, God. Thank you for your faithfulness. Like, that's awe, right? It can be, oh, man, there's a marriage that just got restored, right? Awe, can, it, it can be miraculous healing. Awe can come upon every soul. Awe can take all kinds of different shapes and forms. And, and it says many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, The early church, what I believe is special about this, this, this section of scripture, the early church set the corner. They, they decided as individuals to set the cornerstone of their life and priorities around God and the community that they sought God with. 
They set the, that as the cornerstone of their life. And that isn't to say they didn't have any, anything else. Like it, It's not that they didn't do other things in the community or they didn't work or whatever. It's that everything else was built upon that cornerstone of the fellowship. Does that make sense? You tracking with me? Everything else was built upon the cornerstone of God and the community that they sought God with, which means it affected their choices that they made uh, they, and what they did with their time. That's what being devoted looked like in the early church. I want to move on to verse 44 and 45, and, and we're going to move on to the next section. We're a growing community living out, living out. And uh, so verse 44 says this, and all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. This is a perfect example of what it means to live out God's radical love because that sounds crazy to me. Anybody else ready to sell all their belongings and and distribute it as others have need? Right? Because the overflow of love, check this out, check this out. The overflow of love is generosity. It's generosity. When you truly love someone, this is there there is no limit to what you are willing to give. John 3:16 says this so for God so loved the world, not just loved the world, but he so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God didn't just love the world. He radically loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave. And he didn't give money. I'm not talking about money. Sometimes giving is your time. Sometimes giving is your attention. Sometimes giving is a word of encouragement. What if God was content with just feeling his love for us. Think about that. What if God was just content with feeling his love for us, but he didn't do anything about it? Where would, be, where, where would you be? Where would I be if God had just felt that love for us, but didn't do anything through Jesus about his love? Because the reality is that this, ex- this is exactly where a lot of Christians are today. If you ask them, do you love your neighbor? They would say, yeah, of course I do. Well, how have you lived out that love for them? Silence, right? Living generously out of God's love isn't always about giving money. I just want to reiterate that. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's about time. Like I mentioned, it's about showing God's radical love in your choices, actions, and priorities. 
That's living out God's radical love. You make the choices that show the radical love. You take the actions that show the radical love. You set your priorities around God's love. That's living out. As we read, the early church held all things in common and gave as anyone had need. You might be thinking, that sounds like communism, right? Are you asking me to be a communist? You commie? No, first off, the early church chose to live this way, right? They, they chose to live this way. And, and it said very clearly that they had their own homes that they would break bread in. This isn't communist. This, this is, we're, we're not talking about communism here. We're talking about a community with a beautiful trust in God and in, in each other, a community that knows when I give to you, when you're in need, I can trust that you will do the same for me. And even if you don't, God will provide. God will provide because we live out of God's, we live out God's love by taking care of each other. Because God so loved the world that he was moved to action. That's the radical love of God. And he gave us the thing that was most precious to him. He didn't send the B squad angel he sent his son. I want to move on to verse 46 and 47. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. That word devoted day by day, those words keep coming up. They were, they, day by day means that 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 cornerstone was in place and everything else that they did was built off of that cornerstone. They were devoted to God and to each other, to going to temple together, to breaking bread in homes, which I am very devoted to, if you can't tell. They received their food wherever it may come from, with glad and sincere hearts. A thankful heart prepares the way for you, O oh God. Having favor with all people, wouldn't that be nice? And the Lord added to their numbers daily. Lots of preachers want to just stop reading there because they view numbers as a good metric for success. But the verse doesn't stop there. You have to keep reading. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people in the Lord added to their numbers day by day those who were being saved. 
those who were being saved, which is the point of all of this, right? It's the main point. If your church is growing and people aren't being saved, that's a problem. Because that just means your church is the flavor of the month for the undevoted Christians. Yeah, I said it. Sorry. The point of all of this is so that people will encounter the radical love of God and experience the life-saving transformation of Jesus Christ. Has anybody experienced that transformation? Only a couple? Nobody? Yeah, right. Do you want other people to experience that transformation? Because that's what all of this is about. That is why we gather on Sunday. That is why we gather in homes. That is why we break bread together. That is why we read the Bible and have a relationship with God is so that we may bring the gospel to others so that others may be saved and enter the kingdom of God. It's the point of all of this because the command we spoke of in the beginning, John 15, 12, 13. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that someone lay down his life for his friends. You might be thinking, that sounds crazy. That sounds ridiculous. That sounds ludicrous. That's like asking me to buy 20,000 oatmeal cream pies. This is crazy talk. It's not crazy. It's radical. It's radical. And that's the love we believers, that every follower of Jesus is called to live out. So who are we, Mission Church? You are a growing community living out God's radical love. We believe we are to live out of this love in our neighborhoods and in the nations of the earth. That's why we go to places like Tijuana and we go to places like Barcelona And we also go to places like Mission Elementary School down the road because we are called to live out this love to our neighbors and the nations of the earth. What risk could you take this week to love someone radically? I want you to think about that and pray about it. As the worship team comes, Who could you love with the love that Jesus has loved you with? That's my challenge to you this week. Who could you show mercy to? Who could you forgive who doesn't deserve it? Who could you give generously to? Who could you radically love someone at work? Someone at school, 
a family member who just like gets on your last nerve, a stranger at the coffee shop, your challenge this week, Mission Church, is to find a way to take a risk and love someone with God's radical love. I want you to close your eyes and let's just take a moment and pray about it. I want you to pray silently. Just ask the Lord to give you a picture in your head or a name of someone who you are supposed to love radically this week. Just ask the Lord right now, who is it? Because here's the deal, when you risk embarrassment or just even being awkward, in the name of God's love, it will never, ever return void, even if you do end up feeling awkward. So ask for that name right now. Ask the Lord to give you a picture of the person if you don't know their name. Don't just feel God's love for the people you encounter. Live it out. Make the choice to risk it. Father, I thank you that you did not just feel your love for us. but that you took action. Father, I, didn't, I don't deserve your love. And yet you loved me radically anyways. Lord, when I think about where I would be today if you hadn't intervened in my life, Jesus, all I feel is gratitude. And I want people to experience that encounter for themselves. And if me living out your love can make that happen, Lord, or help that to happen, because it doesn't happen in our own power. Only transformation happens through the work of the Holy Spirit. So allow us to be open to you, Lord and your work. Father, I want people to encounter you in your radical love because no one loves like you do. I pray this week that the challenge would resonate in our minds and in our hearts, Lord, and as we continue to pray and be open to your leading this week, I pray that we would take the risk. That we would take up the challenge. We would decide to love. And as the ushers come forward, we pray over our tithes and offering now. Father, you 
You have given so much to us, Lord. You have blessed us beyond compare. Father, you are so faithful. You've never let us down once. Even when we thought you did, you didn't. We just didn't know it. Father, we bring to you what is already yours now, God. Because everything is a gift from you and we remind ourselves of that here weekly, that everything we have is a gift from you and we give back to you now what is already yours. We hold your blessing with an open hand for you to take and give as you see fit. So it's all yours, God. We give it to you now. In Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.